Pinch Punch First of the Month, September the 1st, the first day of autumn. Meteorologically speaking, anyway, though the ancient Celts used to begin their autumn as early as the beginning of August. In Welsh, July is Gorfennav, Gorfen Hav, the end of summer. But for me, maybe because I'm the son of a school teacher, the first week of September is more than just the start of a new season. It's when the whole yearly cycle begins. And for rugby fans, September always heralded the beginning of the new season and of a whole new year of action. My daughter started a new job the other day. I'd almost forgotten that mixture of excitement and nervous dread that accompanies the first day in the office. Not that she was in the office, she's working from home. That's how it goes nowadays, isn't it? She's used to first days. She's had something like six jobs in eight years. I worked for 40 years and I only had two employers in all that time and the second one was me myself. On the only proper first day I had, I made such a fuss when I got home about doing eight hours work that I was lectured by my Uncle Len, a good old Ron the workman who'd laboured hard all his life. Don't worry, boy, the first 40 years are the worst. But I've told that story before. What I do remember is back to school for the first day of term. That September morning when I started a new school or stepped up a class and the whole world was a blank page in a fresh new exercise book. And no one was quite sure how it would be filled. Of course, I can't really remember my first day of all at school. The Rhonda Borough Education Department started pupils at the tender age of three, much younger, I realised later, than many other parts of the country. But I can picture the classroom at Penagraig Infants and my grandfather, Tommy John, picking me up at the end of the afternoon and walking home with me down Hughes Street. And I clearly recall the little camp beds we were all put to sleep in, in neat rows in the middle of that classroom. We were so young that we still needed a nap after lunch. I might be getting to that stage again. I'm glad to say that I'm still in touch with lots of friends from that first infant's class. Robbie Rees, Stephen Snook, Di Latcham, Derwin Williams, Gaynor Bowen, Vicky Stevens. And I can see us now, walking two by two, the length of Hendrick Avon Road, leaving the infant school behind and marching proudly with our teacher up to the gates of the big school, Hendrick Avon Juniors, for our first day there. Vicky reminded me that it was Miss Henshaw, our teacher in Standard One, who greeted us on that first morning. Hannah Henshaw lived not far from us on Tillacalin, and she gave us our first lessons in penmanship and mental arithmetic and many other things which have proved much more useful than almost all of the more academic subjects I studied later on. My first day at Porth County was just as memorable too. I was a big boy now. I had to go to school on a bus and I had to wear a uniform, shirt and long trousers, tie and jacket with a Porth County badge. The whole outfit, of course, was three sizes too big for me on that first day of term. Bought deliberately that way, 
Mam tried to convince me that being seen to grow into it over the coming year would be a positive thing, and I had to pretend that I didn't know the real reason was financial. I can remember, though, standing in front of the mirror at home the night before term began, my father teaching me how to put on that little yellow and green striped tie. These days, I only ever wear a tie to a wedding or a funeral, and in lockdown I went for more than a year without going to either of those. So the first time I did put on a tie again, I really did wonder if I'd remember how to do it. If I'd stopped and thought any longer, I'd have got into a terrible tangle, I'm sure. But muscle memory is a marvellous thing, and I tied the tide perfectly, first time, like it was just another Friday morning in Form 1. Form 1 in Porth County. Everyone in their shiny new school uniforms. Most of them. Three sizes too big. On the letter we'd been sent welcoming us to county, there was one item of uniform which was listed as optional. The school cap. Consequently, on that first day of term, only one boy turned up wearing one. To save his blushes, I'll call him Cap Boy. His blonde locks were crowned by a piece of olive green headgear, quartered by fussy mustard-coloured embroidery. Honestly, it wasn't a good look. All day the poor dab was ribbed mercilessly by us, his new classmates. He tried to hide the cap in his shiny new satchel, as we were given our timetables for the term, a bewildering grid of new subjects and different teachers, and some lessons which took place not in our form room in the ranch, a temporary wooden structure that had been put up in the Second World War, but in obscure locations in far corners of the school. When home time came at last, boarding the single decker to Clidach, Cap Boy made the mistake of putting that cap back on his head. Cat calls and jeers from everyone else on the crowded bus. Suddenly, one of the older boys, I remember who it was, but I'd better not say, leapt up, snatched the cap, opened one of the narrow flaps of the side windows, and with a deadly accurate aim, flung the infamous cap out through the aperture like a frisbee. It sailed across Brithwynydd Road, up and over the wall of Triallo Cemetery, and buried itself in the bushes, never to be seen again. I've no doubt to the immense relief of Cap Boy himself. What's the moral of this story? Well, I'm not sure it's got one, and I certainly wouldn't want in any way to condone bullying, because I know from personal experience how painful that can be. But I suppose there's a sense in which all of us, at some stage in our lives, have been carrying a cap we don't really want to wear, as it were. Often, we've no choice but to go on carrying it, but sometimes, perhaps what we should do is hurl the thing away ourselves, rather than wait for someone else to do the job for us. The first day of term can be awkward, terrifying even, certainly strange, but whenever you're listening to this, just remember that every day, not just the 1st of September, is a new day, 
Every opportunity can be a fresh start and every fresh start is an opportunity to wear the cap we want to wear or to go boldly bareheaded into the future. You see, as important as our histories are, and as beguiling as it is to look back nostalgically, and I'm never shy of doing that, none of us need be trapped in the past. I'm John Garrett Roberts. Join me next time, a little bit further up this mountain we're all climbing together, in John on the Ronda. <laughs>